What's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes like to try different intros here at Decoding Superhuman and have a little bit of fun in the meantime. But let's talk on the front, which we're both so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Corporate wellness. Mm. What have I'm just curious because, and, and I know we've had side conversations about this in the past, mm. and we obviously offer something different. But what are some of your highlights in terms of participation in corporate wellness programs in the past? Highlights. That's a nice way to put that. You well, can say low lights too. No, I think it's been like average things more um, than you can have a separate discussion about the effects or impact. But what I've been participating in um, has been like counting steps. Uh, You need to reach the goal of 10,000 steps each day. Or then it's been like, uh, let's go and attend this run, not marathon, but like 10K or something like that as a company. And then you get some nice picnic afterwards and so on. So those are like small initiatives, not really corporate wellness programs. Then you might have had some um, lectures about important topics, um, sleep, that's something important. Then again, I don't know, I have ever changed my way of behaving based on the initiatives I've participated in. I was already doing 10K and 10,000 steps as well. Okay. Um, did you? I, I just have to ask this because I've seen this before. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit about my corporate wellness experience in the past. Have you ever had somebody participate in a corporate wellness experience where they had to get those 10K steps and they just are sitting there shaking their hand all day long because that's a way to influence the Fitbit or whatever <laughs> device that they're using? I've I've heard that that is possible. I haven't been involved very closely in that. Yeah, I, I don't suspect you're the type that would cheat the 10,000 steps, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of like broiled up emotion about this. So <laughs> let, let, let's get started. Open up. All right. All right. So corporate wellness programs, broadly speaking, they have a mission, which is a good idea. How do we improve the overall wellness of the organization. If you were to selfishly look at the impact of wellness, and I generally don't like the word wellness, but we'll just use it because it's ubiquitous in the Mm -hmm. sense. But uh, if you look at the overall impact on wellness, it does equate to higher levels of performance. So there is a potential calculation of return on investment there, right? Yeah. Uh, But and we know that health equals higher levels of focus, et cetera. You don't have to invest as much money in your sick people, et cetera, which is a big, big problem in the United States. Mm. Like healthcare is actually an extremely large expense for most companies. Yeah. So the idea itself, I don't see as necessarily a problem. The idea itself is actually quite exciting. But the execution needs a little bit of work. And I'll I'll give examples from my own life because, for one, I didn't participate in these. I watched them as observer when I was in the the arena. And it was two things. One, they weren't mandatory. Uh, But two, the execution of these programs were as such that they were so boring. And (laughs) they were not exciting. You were not incentivized to go. 
and they are executed by somebody who really can't relate to the person on the front line. Uh, And as a result, I actually thought that in our firm, the participation was very low in these programs. Mm -hmm. These programs looked a little bit like lunchtime meditation talks or lunchtime meditations, Uh, lunchtime yoga, you know, Monday morning, something or others Mm -hmm. uh, come down those workshops. I actually would have valued the workshops a little bit more than these meditation rooms where essentially and this could be the attitude of the organization I was in, but if I were to go down to one of these, it was possible that I would end up on some list. Now we do, and that list, by the way, being a list to be fired, but um, (laughs) what I've seen done very well are in the likes of Google and some of the Silicon Valley companies where these guest lectures can be done and run very well. But suffice to say, there's a lot of progress that can be made in the corporate wellness arena because with the advent of wearable technology, specifically good wearable technology or better than what existed in the past, uh, there is a lot of progress that we can make. We can also help utilize some of this data uh, to increase performance in a very tangible manner. Yeah. But rather than me just ranting, let's talk a little bit about what should be done instead. Yeah. Satu. Two things. We need to address this topic on both individual and personalized manner, as well as from the top-down corporate and then what is the bottom line value return on investment. And that's what makes it sort of hard or probably made it difficult in the past. But there are solutions that can cater both needs. Because at the end, as you've described, we are there to get people to perform better with these initiatives. And then the company will be more productive. And at the end, more money, happy people. Now, what is the problem is that we're not strategic enough with the planning. We are not creating programs that are linked to concrete objectives and, of course, then also linked to the company's objectives. What is also the problem on the other side is that the individual efforts are not linked to the individual. They're too uh, on on the surface level. So... Mm -hmm. Telling someone that you can choose from, I don't know, go for a massage or attend a lecture, go for yoga once a week. What would you like to do? Check in the box. We are not really asking the individual based on data, what what do you need so that you can feel better and perform better? We're actually asking just what would you like to do? Then if we're lucky, the person actually knows what they should do. Most of the times we're just going yeah, I feel like this is least effort or this is fun to I do. feel like Twinkies give me a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Or my colleague does the same, so I'm just going to go and, and hang out with them. So we need to bridge that gap. So in order to do this, as you mentioned, there is data available, there is technology available, there is so much we can do, but it has to come, in my opinion now, top down. On, on the strategy level, as well as top-down, I mean from a leadership perspective, the top executives need to take that the medicine and then cascade it down as well. 
Yeah, there's something to be said about trickle-down theory here in terms of just getting people's participation. What Satu just described is what every investor described as an investment strategy that is both top-down and Mm bottom-up. And let me lay that out and so that it's not just colloquial terms. Uh, Top-down meaning let's get the buy-in from the executive team. Uh, In this case, if you were to take – I mean, we can take our own firm, for instance, Mm -hmm. like our – our mission is to elevate the human experience as a result that reverberates down everywhere in the organization. And, you know, when we align our corporate wellness programs with our overall mission, uh, let's say the one that comes immediately to mind is uh, Google, which is organizing the world's information, or in our case, uh, elevating the human experience, you can very much create the necessity of participation, but also the desire, which I do separate necessity and desire because ultimately when it comes to the individual, uh, the desire to participate is extremely, extremely important. And then, so we have this top down, this is what we're going to do. It aligns with our goals as an organization. Mm. Here's how we're going to do it. But then we need to get really granular And so roll up our sleeves and really understand it. Uh, This would be where the value investors out there are like, we do bottom-up analysis, Mm. right? And so from a value investment perspective, looking at this in corporate wellness, what are we doing? I mean, you can just throw some out there for me, Satu, but also, you know, we're looking at surveys, we're looking Mm. at tests, we're looking at a lot of onboarding to understand what that individual needs. What are some of the ones that you would want to see? On an individual level. Yeah, absolutely. If you're gonna if you're gonna build a bottom up, so we've already got the top down situated. Mm-hmm. What would you want to what would you want to see in sort of a individual level? All right. The sponsor for today's podcast is a member of the toolkit that I use on an almost daily basis to upgrade my state of being and have used it actually for the past couple of years. The guys over at Neurohacker Collective have done a fantastic job. You've heard me rave about the original stack as well as Qualia Mind on the show. But now I'm so excited because the suite of products has grown. You have Qualia Focus for that near-term bump. You have Qualia Mind Caffeine Free for all my caffeine-sensitive listeners out there. But their latest product, which just came out, is oh so exciting. It's called Eternus, and it's a 38-ingredient formula containing the most researched and premium ingredients on Earth for supporting cellular health. This is key to combating the symptoms of aging. If you want to check out Eternus, Qualia Mind, Focus, or any of the Neurohacker products, go over to neurohacker.com and plug in the code BOOMER. You'll get an additional 15% off your order. Enjoy. Starting with the baseline um, survey and data collection, you need mm-hmm. to have, the, of course, the individual's own perspective on the situation, um, how they feel. Equally important is to find the data sources to really understand how is that the feeling matching the data. And then finding activities that are suitable for the goals that the individual has as well as the organization has. Now, these tasks can be short-term supporting long-term objectives. It could be um, informative, gain more knowledge. It could be actionable. 
um, attend, um, I don't know, a marathon. If now I'm speaking in terms of everyone needs to run a marathon, I'm never going to do that. I know Boomer, you are. Maybe it could be another thing like go for, or for a walk every day. It can be very different for very, um, for various people. Um, so actions and then constant feedback. So that could be done through technology. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. something that we work with our clients that we have these trackers, we have a aura ring, or we have these um, lifestyle assessments with first beat that we do to really dig deeper into how, what are the effects of these activities on the individual. Mm-hmm. So we monitor. And, and absolutely. And I think, you know, I come back to the analogy mm-hmm. or the three words, analyze, change, and yeah. right? And so when we look at that, on an individual level. And I do think that sometimes we, we mentioned earlier that the broad idea of corporate wellness programs is a, is a good one and mm-hmm. it's meaning what a meaningful, but where it gets lost is down at the individual level. Yeah. And in order to assess and analyze an individual, most people, broadly speaking, don't know where they need help or they're blind. And I, I'm making broad generalizations here. Yeah. And so that analysis becomes very, very important. Working with that individual one-to-one to understand exactly where they need that, that focus mm-hmm. is important. It also makes, if you're looking at this, this means that one size does not fit all. And this is something that categorically needs to change throughout the world. We used to say that, you know, everybody should be on a low fat diet. Mm. Well, no, we know that's broadly incorrect. Yeah. Uh, there are people that do benefit from that, but uh, we used to say that everybody needs six hours of sleep. Well, no, turns out you may need more than that. Mm. Uh, you most likely do. And so we need to take it from this broader concept of corporate wellness and let's upgrade the whole to let's focus on each of these individuals in the aim of upgrading the whole. Yeah. And now some people might be thinking, especially if they have the budget uh, that they're sitting on saying like, Oh, that sounds very expensive because every time you hear something like we're going to tailor it for the individual, like, Oh, that costs a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has to. I think we've shown our clients it doesn't have to pay uh, cost a lot. You can still have the the group objective and still with the help of data and technology make it individual and personalized. Absolutely. Yeah. This is um the beautiful thing about efficiency, right? Yeah. And then then there's the other side that we haven't really dig deeper in yet is how to secure the individuals, not only that they know what to do on the individual level and what their needs are, how to secure the motivation and the behavior change. That's mm-hmm. a huge part of this because you can have such a fancy program for everyone and even personalized and it still fails. And then you're like, why? And it was because the people didn't understand it or they weren't motivated on doing it. Um, or they just didn't know how to change the behavior or no one was tracking it. Mm -hmm. So all these pieces of the puzzle have to be implemented as well. Equally important because if Mm. if you have all the data in the world, if people don't change, nothing changes. Yo, Comprendo, sprinkle us a little bit of a teaser here on what, what that could look like. 
in a corporate wellness program? That often requires support. Mm-hmm. That support, in my opinion, can not solely be um, an app or, or technology. It can be a combination of that. You often need support from another individual as well. That could be an internal coaching process, or it could be an advisor from a company like ours that helps you to see the value of why should you change and also helps you with the reminders, helps you um, in, even in the tough situations, confronts you and shows you really like, what are the pros and cons? What are the risks that you're taking if you're not changing your behavior? What is the mm-hmm. ri- risk short term and long term? And keeps pushing you towards the change. And of course, everything has to start with proper planning because if you don't know where you're going, why would you change? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well said. (laughs) Let's wrap things up. The point is, is that corporate wellness is a broadly speaking good idea. The execution needs a little bit of work. It is both top down in terms of planning and making sure that we have the buy-in from the executive level, but it is also bottom up. The individual needs the tools, the guidance to change. Mm -hmm. And that requires a new way of thinking. The show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash corporate wellness. Satu, arigato. Merci beaucoup. Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode.